Welcome in to Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. A little bit of a different one today. No real Dragon Ball stuff. Uh, we did get one quick uh, draft, I guess, of granola and gas kicking each other at the knees. Like, you know, their legs clash and it's like an X, but like they're, it's like the knees are what's connecting. So it looks like it would be painful if that happened to you in real life. Never mind with like all the force of like a Dragon Ball Z kick. That's the only draft that we got so far. I expect more to come out between now and next week. So that will probably be what the episode will be about next week. Drafts and seeing what chapter 70, I believe. Uh, 71. I, I've lost count. I've grown uninterested with this arc. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about those drafts next week. This week, Cobra Kai season four. Talking that with my buddy Reese from Australia. Uh, you'll be hearing that in just a moment. If you haven't watched Cobra Kai season four, A, what are you doing, dude? B, uh, spoilers ahead. So if you don't want to be spoiled for season four, uh, this might not be it, man. This ain't your podcast today. But if you've watched it, or if you don't really give a shit, you just want to hear somebody talk about something, I get that. Uh, yeah, that's what we'll be talking about today. So that'll be happening in just a minute. Stick around to the end, because... Uh, my acoustic guitar makes an appearance. <laughs> uh, anything else? Not a ton going on uh, in terms of like, I don't know, other podcast stuff. Uh, but I do think we will be retooling the Patreon a little bit in the coming weeks. Uh, figuring out, you know, what, um, I don't know, what tiers give what? Because I'm not a good person to ask. They're like, hey, what's the $10 tier? I'm like, what? <laughs> We have a $10 tier. What the fuck do I do for that? So I'm going to be retooling that a little bit. Also adding some donation buttons to the link tree in the show notes as well. If you want to help support the show, you can do that through uh, Cash App or uh, Ko-fi. Or is it just supposed to be pronounced coffee? K-O-F-I. Except there's a dash in there. K-O-F-I. I hate the way that that thing's spelled. So you know what? Don't donate on there. Unless you've already got an account and it's convenient. Uh, Cash App. Uh, way more convenient. Uh, I think it's Super Dope Pods on Cash App if you want to help keep the show going, but don't want to sign up for that monthly recurring on Patreon. And uh, yeah, I think I'm just saying that because that job that I was hopeful for didn't go uh, as I'd hoped. Turns out they're just not going to hire anybody because uh, it'll cost them money. But if they decide they want to spend the money later, Maybe they'll give me a call. Or they will give me a call. But who knows how long that'll be. So, uh, a little bummed. It seemed like it was going to be a good fit in terms of a job. But, whatever. There's neither here nor there. Can't fucking dwell on it. Just got to get back to making podcasts. So, uh, if you want to make a podcast, too, I help people do that. Hit me up. I feel like I'm pitching myself for, like, a job. Is that what I'm doing? Is this what this is? Is this what my life's up to now in 2022? Bob Saget dies, all of a sudden I'm fucking shilling myself out for cash apps? The fuck? Where am I at? Jesus. Alright. Uh, Cobra Kai Season 4 coming up in just a, a gif. <laughs> gif. What a stupid word. Alright, talk to you soon. Super dope. Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. I just thought I'd let you know right off the top. There is no fear in this motherfucking dojo.
I'm a black belt. And I'm here today, my friend, Reese, to talk about season four of Cobra Kai. Reese, how you doing, brother? Good, man. Yourself? I'm all right. Uh, you know, just going through the average day-to-day life of country being a goddamn mess. My friends fucking dropping like flies. And uh, quality binge-worthy television in season four of Cobra Kai. Fucking nice. Hell yeah, man. So I'm glad that uh, you watched it because some of my co-hosts, they're not as into the Karate Kid as I am. I loved watching these movies growing up, and uh, I've really, really enjoyed this series over the last few years. Uh, I actually, this, like, I'm a loud and proud YouTube premium guy. And the reason I got YouTube premium at all in the first place is because I needed to watch that first season of Cobra Kai on YouTube. And uh, YouTube's dumb for letting Cobra Kai go, man. It's flourished on Netflix, I believe. Um, yeah, fuck you. I, I don't think I've done like a formal episode on any of the previous seasons. I think I've talked about them in passing a little bit just because, you know, I'm a nerd. I like to talk about the television I enjoy. But uh we're gonna talk about season four today uh some highlights what we liked what we didn't like maybe i have some things i didn't like uh and then we'll talk about like maybe what we could see coming forward in season five so if you have not watched cobra kai season four yet this probably isn't the podcast for you because we're going into some very heavy spoiler territory and i don't want to hear you crying about it i don't want you to be like oh kyle why'd you ruin this thing about the all valley high tournament and i'm like all valley high tournament there's no high don't you know that? You silly ass motherfucker asking this question, this hypothetical question. Don't you know that? And they'll be like, oh, you ruined it. I don't want to hear any of that. All right. So spoiler heavy territory. Uh, but first impressions overall of the season. Uh, Reese, do you want to start or you want me to start? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't mind, man. I, I loved it. Like there was a few bits where you're like, oh, mm, whatever, kind of meh. But most of it was pretty fucking good. There's some real fucking funny parts, great returning characters, um, twists and turns everywhere. It was really good. I enjoyed it. So some of the parts that you're talking about that were like meh, like we've talked about it a little bit before we hit record. I know that you saw some parts as being kind of predictable and for sure, like some of these twists and turns throughout the plot with all these characters is kind of predictable. But uh what was the things that made you say meh? Was it those moments that were predictable or was it like some of the, like one thing I think the show does really well that I don't think everybody would maybe appreciate if they were more of a, I don't know, like a more casual fan of the Karate Kid is like how uh, goofy it can be and how it doesn't take itself very seriously at times and how it's more than happy to poke fun at the fact that it's a bunch of high schoolers in a goddamn karate tournament for like the soul of the valley or whatever. Uh, I, I like those moments, but I could see how some of them, some people wouldn't. What are the moments that made you go meh? Oh, fuck. There's a few, just like some of the predictable moments. just like fucking, you know, um, certain characters getting together. It's like fucking big love square between fucking four people. And yeah, dude. Fucking, uh, that weird it's just so unnecessary. School, that weird high school love triangle is something that uh I kind of forget about at times. I guess I focus in a little bit more on the karate. And uh I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They used to date. Oh yeah, that's right. Now they date. Oh yeah, that's right. Those two hate each other because they 
had a karate encounter and also they date each other's exes. Like I forget about that shit as I'm watching <laughs> it sometimes. I also haven't gone back and rewatched the first three seasons at all. Like I've watched them all when they first aired or first came out and I enjoyed yeah. the hell out of them. Watched them almost all immediately. And I, I don't think I've rewatched them once. Maybe I rewatched season two before season three came out, but that was about it. Yeah. I rewatched them all the other day because we were in isolation and fuck all. But um, just for me, like the most annoying part, I think, is Daniel. He really fucks me off. He's just, his character hasn't changed since the first season at all, really. Okay. And he's just a whiny little bitch. Like from someone that's come from the fucking, the poor parts of fucking town, he's now in this rich, honky fucking neighborhood and he's just a twat. Like even some of the things his mum was saying, like through the previous seasons, I'm just like, Bitch, you couldn't even afford a fucking place with a pool. Now you're fucking talking about you can't even eat container fucking pasta salad. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, for real. The uh, the privilege on Daniel and like what his career and his is. Kids. And his kids for sure. And we'll talk about or we'll talk about Anthony Lapusso for sure because I feel a certain way about that whole storyline. That shit's annoying as hell. I was glad they brought his mom back for this one episode. Uh, they referenced her earlier in the season, and I was like, hmm. Why reference her and not have her around a little bit more? I was worried that she died for a second, but then, like the next episode, she was there as relief. It was a nice, nice surprise. The, um, Johnny stepdad that died in real life. Yeah, Ed Asner. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Uh, Lou Grant, one of the great uh, television characters of all time on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Betty White as well. Ah, dude, right? Rest fucking twenty twenty one. Just had to give you one more kick to the nads on the way out, asshole. Right. Uh, the worst uh yeah i agree though daniel larusso is a little bit of a fucking prima donna twat sometimes but also to be fair he and this is kind of going to tie into the anthony stuff later uh it's kind of uh what's the word it it's kind of consistent with how he used to be in the original karate kid films daniel larusso is not like my favorite protagonist in these films I think the reason I like these films so much is because like Mr. Miyagi is probably my biggest interest in it, but like, you know, the good and versus bad nature of it, you could probably have a little bit more of a charis. You could have had a more charismatic actor than uh, Ralph Macchio back then, but whatever, dude, he had his thing back in the eighties and uh, he was successful with it. And now he's still reaping the benefits all these years later. Uh, I could see how he annoys people though. He annoys me sometimes for sure. Uh, I think my favorite things about this season is uh, two things. All right. It's the overall themes. Uh, the biggest of those themes being in uh, my favorite uh, being like the kids all kind of choosing their own paths in terms of the types of karate that they're going to go and learn and like the way in which they're going to, uh, you know, kind of personalize their own fighting style. Uh, Robbie going you know, with all this Miyagi-Do uh, knowledge going back to work uh, with Cobra Kai, uh, Sam going to train with Johnny, Johnny and Daniel training each other to kind of understand each other's style, combine them to be able to co- defeat Cobra Kai. And then, like, uh, I guess Sam LaRusso is probably, like, the most, um, uh, I don't know, like, blatant example of this and how in the tournament she decides to fight with, like, an Eagle Fang style instead of a a Miyagi-Do style and be more aggressive. Like, I love all of that shit. It's very, very cool. And then the second thing, and 
I said it to you when we talked the other day. I was like, I don't know if this is my favorite season. I don't know. No, I said, I don't know if it was my, if it was the best season, but in my heart, I was like, I think it might be my favorite season though. And it's because of my second reason. Uh, the, the utilization of the character of Terry Silver. Fuck yeah. It was so good having that dude back. I fucking love Terry Silver. Karate Kid 3 was a movie that I I wasn't not allowed to watch it when I was a kid, but my dad was like, you don't need to watch it. It's fine. Daniel goes to the dark side for a while, and then he comes back and he beats Cobra Kai again, and I was like, that sounds kind of cool. I want to watch that. He's like, no, it's not a very good movie. I'm like, fuck you, dad. Years later, I became an adult somehow. And I decided to myself one day, it's time. Karate Kid 3, you're for me. And I watched it and I enjoyed the hell out of it for all its flaws. But I really enjoyed the character of Terry Silver and like all his maniacal, uh, you know, fuckery. Dumping chemicals in Borneo and shit. And his, his evil ass supervillain cackle. <laughs> like is he standing in a sauna on a cordless 80s phone? <laughs> this long ass ponytail. I was fucking on my cocaine and smoking cigar. So yeah, dude, like the utilization of his character was was cool in general, but also this season somehow I, I feel like this uh for all the seasons, like the all of the seasons of this television show have somehow made the movies better by like going back and drawing on that continuity and not just hitting us with the nostalgia, but like using it as the like the hook in to get us to watch it and building something better from it. And this yeah. season, a good example of it was bringing in Terry Silver's character again, but then explaining like some of the crazy shit that we saw in Karate Kid 3. And he's, he's like, basically says, he's like, you know, back then I was, I was crazy. all uh, cracked out. I was on cocaine and I was like terrorizing teenagers. Like I wasn't in a good place back then. And I'm like, Dude, Karate Kid 3 just became Sounds such insane. a better movie. <laughs> but yeah, this this season, Terry Silver is a very interesting character to me now, given like, you know, it's him 30 years later after he's found other success in his life. And it turns out the only thing that gives him that sense of fulfillment is, uh, you know, teaching karate and teaching teenagers to kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> it was uh, a good um, character um, building as well like from the start of it when we first see terry again to the end of the season like just how much his character had changed and his character went from like you know sort of hippie to a different approach to cobra kai then he went kind of real submissive with crease and then you know the big thing at the end which i'm sure we'll talk about yeah yeah the hippie dippy like millionaire aspect was like like i said dude there's yeah. some moments in yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's some, like, really cringy moments where it's like, Kreese is gonna make fun of him for being a vegetarian, and I'm like, oh my god, I get it. Kreese likes bacon, and Terry Silver likes fucking, I don't know, tomatoes, or whatever. Yeah, tofu, that's exactly what it was. It's like, whatever, dude. Like, we don't need to fucking keep beating this dead horse, but, like, they're trying to drive the point home of, like, oh, that's the other theme, too, that I really enjoyed. It's, like, discovering what your weakness is, you know? And the whole idea of, of Terry Silver's weakness being John Kreese is, uh, it was fascinating to me. And uh, like early on in the season, he, Terry says to him something to like, uh, some of the effect of like, I know what your weakness is, but he doesn't tell him. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what his weakness was. 
And in my brain, I filled it in as loyalty. Like if people are loyal to him, he's loyal to them. Like it would kind of like explain like the connection he's got to Terry Silver after all these years, even still not seeing each other for 30 years, that loyalty has them bound. That's his weakness. Terry's going to go and double cross him or whatever, which is what ends up happening. And then also it kind of like ties in Johnny, like he's loyal to Johnny or whatever. But then his weakness just ends up being Johnny himself. So I'm like real, conf- uh, real confident in like uh, a Crease redemption arc next season where Crease and Johnny, Crease is going to try to make good with his estranged son, Johnny, just like Johnny is going to try to make good with his estranged son, uh, estranged son, Miguel. So, um, yo, let me ask you something though. Pick a dojo. Which one you got? Miyagi-Do, Eagle Fang, or Cobra Kai? If I was to pick which one I'd go to? Yeah. Cobra Kai, man. It's a dojo <laughs> with the most mojo. Okay. All right. It sounds like you could be put in their marketing department as well. You got phrases and shit. Cool. What about you? Um. See, a part of me was like, I'm a Gryffindor. I'm going to Miyagi-Do. But I know myself a little better than that. I don't think I'm full on Cobra Kai. I think I'm kind of an Eagle Fang, like a indie kind of do-it-yourself vibe. You know, you have some aggression, but you have some respect. And at the same time, uh, you know, we like the Scorpions. We love Scorpions. We love America. Things like that. I'm into it. I don't really care about muscle cars and shit, but like I drove uh, in the one once and like the passenger seat and I was like, this is pretty cool. I think I'm an Eagle fan guy. <laughs> but the thing is, do you put jerk in the mincemeat to make it more manly? Like yeah, this isn't manly. My, my man, which isn't manly enough, when we drop some beef <laughs> jerky into it. <laughs> so the reason, I, the reason I got to ask about dojos, though, and it, I mean, it didn't really fully dawn on me until episode 10, which, by the way, dude, I went into, the, like I told you, before we hit record, uh, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. We had a little bit of a pre-show talking about some of this, but I went into this season thinking A, it was the last season and B, that it was only eight episodes. So like, halfway through the season, I'm like, some of these story arcs are not happening fast enough. Uh, you know, like, how are they going to resolve this in two or three episodes? I'm like, oh, there's ten episodes. That's great. But the tenth episode comes around all of these different winners happen at the all Valley tournament. And I'm like, man, I genuinely root for kids from all of these dojos. Like, uh, I, I really, I, I love Hawk. I love the fact that Hawk won the all Valley, uh, for Miyagi Do. I really like, uh, Sam, uh, beating, or, or excuse me. I really like Tori beating Sam, even though we find out later on that Terry Silver paid off the ref or whatever. I like the fact that and Michelle, she also hesitated too. Yeah, well, she. I, I like the fact that you know she just was so all about trying to do it the right way and do it for herself and not use dirty tricks on Sam or whatever. Like Tori's redemption. Tori is probably my favorite fighter. I would have to say of like the the kids or whatever because I just I want her life to get better so badly even though she's got like that short fuse temper and she could like go off and like hold a knife to your throat. I'm like, I just wish you were in a better position, like mentally speaking, you know what I mean? She, uh, she reminds me of Bakugo. Yeah, dude. Good call. She's got a little bit of Bakugo too with the, especially with the blonde hair. Yeah. 
yeah, she's liable to fire. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But Hawk won. She won. Uh, the fact that Miguel like ran away and didn't compete after his like, you know, recovery in the locker room. You know, Daniel goes back and fights in the original Karate Kid during his after his recovery in the locker room. Miguel decides I'm all set. Like this, I'm done fighting for fucking other people. I want to go find out more about myself. Like, I don't know, man. I, I came to the realization that I care more about these individual kids and their stories, which speaks to the strong writing of this show, I guess, more than I do about like an individual dojo winning. Like I'm rooting for Cobra Kai kids. You know what I mean? Like who's, who's your favorite uh, kid fighter uh, amongst the, amongst the group of, of three dojos? Um, I do like Johnny's son. He's pretty good. Um, but I do like Tori as well. She's wicked. She's kick ass. Robbie's son had like a real Darth Vader thing going this season. It was badass. Yeah, I'd pick, I'd pick those two probably. Yeah. But I also, I, I like the new Jaden Smith kid. Yeah, the little black kid, Kenny. Yeah, he's wicked. So, all right, perfect, perfect timing. Because I wanted to bring up Kenny anyway. Uh, Kenny starts off in this season. Again, I thought it was the last season. I thought it was eight episodes. They devoted so much time to the Kenny and Anthony storyline in the first few episodes. I really like Kenny. He's the new kid in town. He's very um, socially awkward or whatever. But like, there's that scene where he's waiting for the bus and like he has his headphones on and he's dancing and shit. And I swear to God, man, I was like, this kid is auditioning to be Miles Morales right now. Like, this scene reminds me of Into the Spider Verse, a hundred percent. And then he gets on the bus and gets picked on and all that. And Anthony Lapuso, uh, you know, tries to make his life hell and. I don't know, man. I didn't have time to watch like highlight clips or, or rewatch things. I, I've watched a few things over the last week since I watched it. And I saw a clip of Anthony coming out, I think like during season one or two into like the backyard during a, a random fight. And he's like this little fat kid with long hair. He looks like a fucking trash can with long hair. Like one of the short trash cans that somebody would have in like their office. You know what I mean? Not even like a kitchen size one. He was he was smaller than that, and he comes out and he's like, "Wow, karate in my backyard!" And like the fact that he's now thinner, older, and they kind of lean into the whole, uh, you know, we haven't really paid attention to this character at all thing throughout the course of this season, which I appreciate the meta joke about it because he's kind of a nothing character, but they're obviously trying to build him up to be something. So. He starts off as the bully. He bullies little black kid, Miles Morales, Kenny. He joins Cobra Kai because obviously his brother, his older brother is in prison. It was in prison with Robbie. Robbie takes him under his wing. I like that aspect actually of Kenny's story as uh, the connection that he makes with Robbie. How he goes to Robbie for help. That was pretty cool. But with Robbie kind of taking on that mentor role, and then having to strike down his own apprentice in the fucking tournament later, like that pays off in spades, man. That was very cool. Vegeta Kaba moment. Yeah, for sure. Right? He like he looks up to him so much. He's like, Yes, master. And then he's like, Sorry, kid, get the fuck out of here. This is for the sake of Universe 7 and my newborn baby. Remember this pain and yeah, let right? it drive you. <laughs> Hell yeah, Reese. Good call. But um 
Anthony yeah, also, Russo, but, though, like he was just uh, such, he was so annoying. He like there was no part of like when he gets beat up by Kenny at the end of the season after Kenny goes full blown dark side, and he kicks the shit out of him in the locker room. I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck this kid, fuck Anthony Larusso. He's all the shittiest parts. Like I said to you before, Daniel Larusso, not exactly the most likable protagonist. He did some bitch ass bully shit in the original Karate Kid movies. If you look at it from the perspective of Johnny, all right. Anthony LaRusso is all the worst parts of Daniel LaRusso, like distilled down into a little fat fucking porridge-looking motherfucker. Well, to, to be fair, I loved all the fucking um, comedy that they gave Johnny's character as well this season. Like, they just gave him all these great one-liners. Like, when he first saw Anthony, he's like, what are you doing here? He goes, oh, look at you. Did you uh, change over to Whopper Juniors? <laughs> right? I mean, like, they're very cognizant of the fact that I don't know, like maybe a year has a year and a half maybe has passed. And like he went from looking like a fat little trash can five year old kid to like being in the eighth grade, ninth grade or whatever and getting in fucking fights. So like it's very obvious to me that he's going to have to train a Miyagi Do now and get his revenge against Kenny and Cobra Kai maybe next season. So he's going to have to earn the trust back of his father or whatever. He, he's just had too much screen time. He's just been so ignored while his family was fighting for the fucking soul of the valley in this karate tournament mayhem. He's just been ignored. Like, I I appreciate all the jokes they made about that. It was good. But, like, he's just such an unlikable kid. I want him to get beat up. Oh, same. I just thought the whole time you're a cunt. Sorry yeah. for the language, but... Yeah, no, it's fine. Is. I say that word sometimes. Like, he's a bully... Straight up. He's a bully. All the nerds up. are bullies now in that whole universe, the Karate Kid universe. It's all all the, the little nerds have turned into little fucking cunts. There's no like you don't see any like footy jocks or like hockey jocks or anything like that. It's just literally nerds being assholes. Yeah, other I mean, nerds. Kyler from Cobra Kai, the Asian kid, he's a little bit of like a stereotypical jock type in my eyes, but Anthony LaRusso's friends are all a bunch of little nerds. Yeah, like, even that dude, he seemed just like the high school fucking bully. He didn't seem like, he didn't really seem like he was really into anything or good at anything. He's just an all-around fuckwit. He's a little bit taller than most Asian people, so he likes to beat people up and remind them. Uh, you know who I actually hate more than Anthony LaRusso? Um, the little blonde kid that's his friend? Yes, dude, 100%. 100%. <laughs> you guess exactly who I'm talking about. I hated that fucking kid. I wish I could yeah. reach through my TV screen and strangle an eight-year-old or however old he is. Fuck yeah, I want to punch that little fuck in the nose. He kind of has the same vibes of like Johnny Lawrence's friends from the original Karate Kid. Like he hung out with like three blonde kids. I don't think any of them had like big old curly clown hair like that, but... That kid was the most annoying fucking character. Like, I was hoping that a plane would crash exactly on his head. Like, a whole ass plane. Not that lucky. <laughs> I was like, why, why is the only, like, they've got their little gang. There's like four of them. And, there's, and they've got the one black kid in their gang. So why is the other black kid ganging up on the other black kid? Shouldn't it be you two together to take on these motherfuckers? Race war. Come on, man. Race war. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that kid, fucking MVP for most punchable fucking face. Let's stop talking about things we hate, man. 2022, one of my resolutions is that 
I got to talk less about things I hate, which is why I don't want to talk about Dragon Ball as often because Dragon Ball makes the manga. No, the manga makes me want to literally strangle people the last few months. I can't wait for the next arc to start, man. Ho- Think springtime. If they did something like what they're doing in Cobra Kai, yes, showing a bit of the nostalgia, but making it good, that could yeah. be making the manga fucking better. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I said it before we hit record or not. I kind of forget. We've been talking for a little bit, but like what Cobra Kai does so well, what the creators of this show do so well, is they go back to those Karate Kid movies and they use nostalgia as the hook and that's how they kind of got us in the door, you know? And like, they're not just leaning on that recognition and nostalgia though. Like they're taking that and building something better out of it. Like they're expanding the story into a better thing. These, these seasons of Cobra Kai make those movies better. And it's only because it's done by some crazy passionate super fans. Like I recently caught an interview with the three of them. I was just talking to Scott about this a little while ago. He stopped by earlier today. Uh, he, he asked me, he's like, do you think Hillary Swank will ever be in those, man? Like, that would be crazy. I'm like, mm. like a few, uh, a week ago, I would have said, nah, probably not. But I watched an interview with the three of them. Uh, Josh Heald, and I fucking forget the other two names. I'm sorry. But uh, one of them answered. The question was like, what's the workload look like when you go to make a new season at Cobra Kai? Like, what do you guys spend the most time doing? Or something like that. And he's like, honestly, all of the hard work was done throughout the course of our lives, just being such huge fans of Karate Kid 1, 2, 3, the next Karate Kid. Like, we've watched these movies so many times, you know, just being fans of them and talking about them and wondering and thinking about them. That's the that's the work that we do to to make this show what it is. And he, I was like, first of all, great answer, because duh. I mean, you guys are super fans. That's what allows you to treat this thing with such care and compassion and make it a better thing than... uh make the movies a better thing than what they were already and still make a good thing as a byproduct, right? But I was like, wait a minute, though. Yes, great answer, but also B, two, two B, is that you mentioned the next Karate Kid. That's the Hillary Swank one. That's the one where she meets Miyagi and she, like, hops up on the hood of a car or some shit. Like, I only... That's the only Karate Kid movie I ever saw in theaters. I remember going to see it vaguely. I was probably like five or six years old. He mentioned that, that he was a huge fan of it. Like, there's a possibility Hillary Swank will come into this, dude. How would you feel about that? A confession, I haven't watched that Karate Kid movie. Really? I, I could afford to rewatch it. Uh, I've watched all of the of Karate Kid movies, you know, within the last five years, definitely. But I, I haven't watched that Hillary Swank one since, I was, uh, since it came out in theaters, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've watched today. I've recently rewatched the other three and then obviously started on Cobra Kai season four because I wanted to see like what would come out of those, especially number three. But I mean, there's so much like that, that they can bring in. Hey, like there's obviously the Hilly Swank, they've got Barnes they can bring in, Jaden Smith, Jackie Chan if they want to go down that, Miyagi's fucking cousin, second brother's. It's funny you say that. I was, I was texting with you the other day and we said something about Jaden Smith and I was like, hey man, I noticed that Will Smith is an executive producer on this show. And I don't know if he has been for previous seasons or what, but I noticed yeah, he, is. he is from the start. From the start. All right, word. So maybe that was part of like what 
was able to get them off the ground in terms of pitching it was Will Smith. Uh, Jaden Smith did the most recent Karate Kid iteration. And they were like, yeah, man, we'll give you some money to go pitch this to the Ralph Macchio and Johnny Lawrence's, uh, Billy Zapka's of the world. Maybe that's it. But with that said, imagine if Jaden Smith, Will Smith, uh, Jaden Smith gets involved in this world and like Jackie Chan somehow brings his fucking Miyagi, like he's like Miyagi's second cousin twice removed or some shit. (laughs) Imagine, dude, next season Chosen comes in and he's like, yeah, I got this other guy though who knows some real Miyagi shit and it's Jackie Chan for like a guest star episode. Um, What were some of your, talk to me, so before we do like season five, preview theory wish list shit uh really like what were some more of your favorite moments from this season because i i feel like we've kind of covered enough of it i mean some of the big broad strokes i mean a lot of it starts with like daniel and johnny trying to work together to beat defeat cobra kai they kind of break up and then they kind of get back together and they kind of break up again and then they kind of teach each other each other's karate and then they all go to the all valley competition tournament uh as like separate dojos but like they know each other's styles like and then who wins wins but what were some of your favorite moments from this season i actually did like the crossover of them like trying each other's style out but i was also like "Mm, doesn't daniel know this from when he trained with silver right he knows some he's got some korobakai in him yeah Actually, I mean Terry. Terry says that to him in the middle of the convenience store. He's like, "Maybe you just don't want to admit if you got you've always had a little bit of Cobra Kai in you." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, he has, because he trained with your crazy psychotic ass back in 1985 or 86 or whatever." Plus, also Daniel, kind of a jerk. Not gonna lie, he's a wanker. He's just fucking soft. But um, no, I, I love like the crossover. I love having Terry Silver back. That was just fucking awesome. And just how his personality changes as soon as he ties up his hair. He's yeah, a right. complete different person. So cool. <laughs> so cool. Um, and just Johnny's comedy, like the shit that he says, like, do I look like I sit, uh, sit when I pee? And just shit like that. And like when he went up to that girl to try and get her to join um, Eagle Fang, he's like, yeah, you know, talking like a feminist and things like that. Oh, dude! Actually, when he's like running around the the high school like, yeah. football field, in the gym class, like crazy. trying to recruit girls and shit. <laughs> actually, that little Asian girl he ends up recruiting, though, she's oh, probably, she's badass. Yeah, she's one of my favorite new characters, dude. And yeah, she's got right. one of the coolest lines because she goes to like whatever the semifinals of the tournament, and she comes back to the sidelines after she gets beat. And she's, you know, Johnny says something. I forget exactly what he says, but like, you know, great job out there, whatever. Don't feel bad. He's, she's like, feel bad. I did this well with six weeks of training. That only means that next year I'm going to murder them. Like, oh shit, (laughs) dude, this girl is fucking out for blood. She's awesome. And just, it's just the comedy that they put in, especially on um, Johnny's character, like with um, even in that scene where he's like, so we're not going to win this with math. And then he goes, how are we going to win this? Then she goes with math. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do this with the uh, um, addition and subtraction. It was good. To, it was good to see a more like, um, oh, what's the word? a softer side to crease as well. Like when he saw Terry beating up Johnny in the old dojo. And then that, that again, another bit of nostalgia going back to the old dojo where Cobra Kai started. Um, you know, seeing crease was not really, into it, seeing Terry beat him up, and then also seeing Johnny use Miyagi-Do style as well. 
Yeah, that was pretty close. I didn't expect Crease to turn soft on him like that, but I mean, like I said, John Crease redemption arc incoming, perhaps. Yeah, I think you, we're gonna have a whole fucking visit your daddy in jail thing. You know what though? I, I mean, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Let me. I think I actually enjoyed the Johnny and Daniel training each other things. Like Daniel going to the garage and like doing the chains, like climbing up the chains and doing the push-ups and the the cold walk and all that shit. That was cool. I like Johnny, you know, learning Miyagi Do in the backyard, falling off the platform and all that funny stuff. Um, I enjoy that stuff and like it kind of makes sense. Like I kind of thought the same thing at the end of last season. I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna watch these two work together next year. That's gonna be like oil and water, like that's not going to go very well. And I like that the writers were realistic enough to, to kind of concede that within the first few episodes of the season and be like, yeah, no, they don't work well together at all. They're going their own ways. <laughs> but I do like the fact that even though that is, um, you know, just how they are, given their history, they can never really truly work together. They still found like a way to work together. Like I, I enjoyed all of those moments throughout the season. Uh, the thing I don't think enough people will pay this like mind like I do because I'm a fucking weirdo. But I love the storyline of Amanda Larusso, his wife, helping Tori, crazy blonde girl. Once uh, she finds out her mom is sick and she's working and bringing home all the fucking food and money and all that stuff, that was some like really weird emotional shit that I didn't expect to get drawn into, but I was because. Amanda LaRusso has got no reason to want to help this girl after what she did to Sam and kicked the shit out of her last uh, last season and broke into her house and like demolished the place. Like she's got no reason to want to help this girl. But like Amanda LaRusso, for whatever reason, like when things get too serious between like Johnny and Daniel, she's like, yo, you fucking guys are having a karate contest. Like this is stupid. She's always that girl to kind of like bring things back to reality. And I appreciate the fact that she kind of does the same thing in regards to Tori's very sad backstory and all that. Like it's been a thing that's kind of been lost in the shuffle of so many characters over the last few seasons that you, you don't fully uh, appreciate the reality of it because it's fucking topped off with like a karate gi and some high flying you know, sidekicks and all that shit. But Amanda kind of, brings attention to it in this season and tries to help her do uh, better or, or get into a better situation. And Tori, by uh, the end of the season, as a result of Amanda helping her in her life, you know, she tries to do the right thing at the end of the tournament. She wants to win on her own merit, doesn't want to give, you know, dirty cheap shots to Sam LaRusso in the final. Like, I think that's probably one of my favorite underappreciated story arcs in this season. Yeah, and the fact that she doesn't have such a clean history either, Amanda. That comes oh, that's out as well. right. I actually totally glossed over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like she beat the shit out of her science teacher's car with a baseball bat while the science yeah. teacher was locked inside of it because she found out the teacher was dating her dad or something. So yeah, I forgot all about that. I watched it all in one night, dude. Like, I can't remember. I can't. Actually, I'm kind of impressed with how much of it I've retained, to be honest. <laughs> and I think the other, I mean, let's face it, we both talked about this too. 
another fucking awesome part of this season was uh, a returning character, Stingray. Oh, my boy. All right, yeah. Uh, so he's like the most ridiculous character that the show has had to offer us at all. And like, I don't think he was in last season. He takes off one season. I think it might be season three. What season is. three, season two. I forget, but he's like out for an entire season. He's basically not in season four at all until like the very end of it and like the last episode. He gets the shit kicked out of him by Terry Silver. Terry Silver. He had the, uh, he had the formal party as well. Or the prom oh, party that's right. Well. That's right. He throws a prom party, even though he's a man, like probably well into <laughs> his late 20s, maybe early 30s. Dude, the way that episode opens up with his neighbor yelling at him and calling him stink, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that actor was. He looked familiar. I feel like I might know him from something else, but holy shit, man, that was so funny. Uh, I actually, so here, this is what I wanted to tell you before. Uh, this we, we talked about Stingray before on the Patreon uncut thing, whatever. And uh, I I know him a little bit, not really, but I the actor who plays Stingray, his name is Paul Walter Hauser. Uh, and I used to be Facebook friends with him in his personal profile, like about 10 years ago. So he, he did one big movie before Cobra Kai, maybe during Cobra Kai, I forget. He plays some guy who assassinates some, I think he assassinates a political figure or something. I forget the name of the movie. I honestly couldn't tell you, but I know Paul Walter Hauser from one specific episode of uh it's always sunny in philadelphia it's like one of my top five favorite episodes of it's always sunny i forget the name of it off the top of my head in this moment but charlie gets a job as a janitor at a local high school and they call him the professor and uh he walks in the bathroom to clean it one day and he sees three dudes bullying this fat kid who's got clown paint uh on his face like he's he's painted up like a juggalo and they're like What's up, fatty? Why are you looking like a clown? Oh, you juggalo bitch. And he's like, yeah, juggalos for life, bitch. And uh, the kid who's a juggalo was Paul Walter Hauser. So watching that episode that night, whenever that season aired, season six or seven, probably, uh, I like Googled him because I didn't believe how old, how old he was. And I deep Googled him and I accidentally found his Facebook profile, like his personal facebook profile he's like a bit fucking actor like no you know like this is his biggest credit to date long before cobra kai long before this movie he started in like this was his biggest acting credit and i i just said fuck it i sent him a friend request and uh i was his friend up until maybe like i i don't know five six years ago <laughs> and i just was like you know observing his life and being like yeah Juggalos for life, bitch. <laughs> like on all his statuses. <laughs> probably why he got deleted. <laughs> yeah, probably. He's like, dude, this kid's fucking annoying. <laughs> it was one episode of It's Always Sunny. I'm a distinguished, accomplished actor. All right, Sting Cray. So he gets the shit kicked out of him. Terry Silver, uh, Terry Silver kicks the shit out of him. Blames John Kreese. John Kreese goes to jail for, I guess, uh, attempted homicide um the other two moments or like uh things that i really enjoyed though that i i didn't get to mention yet is one terry silver related it's kind of a quick one uh the moment that terry silver sees daniel again 
the panic that comes over Daniel's face and like how like uh worked up he gets. Like he it's almost like he's going into fight or flight mode because he sees this dude who straight up tortured him when he was a teenager and he's having like these PTSD flashbacks. Like that moment, the first time they see each other again. Oh, so it was that like that was like a blah moment for me as a karate kid fan. And then it's accented or like highlighted under, I don't know, whatever you want to say. Right after that, Johnny's like, who the fuck was that guy? Cause like as a karate kid fan, I'm like, man, karate kid three did Johnny Lawrence dirty. They went and got like crease back. They couldn't get Johnny back as well. They got to get Mike Barnes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought Johnny would have known the other fucking founding member of Cobra guy. Nope. I, I, was not surprised at all. I was like, I want to see what Johnny's reaction is to seeing Terry Silver because we've never seen them interact. I've got no reason to believe they've ever met. And uh, yeah, sure enough, he's like, who the fuck was that weirdo? Uh, so I really love that moment. And the other thing that I think, and again, like a, a sort of maybe understated or underappreciated potentially storyline in this season is Hawk and Eli. Uh, Eli kind of coming into his own as a martial artist, becoming more confident, doing very well in the tournament. And then Hawk on the flip side, uh, you know, kind of like making good for what he did again uh, after he destroyed the Miyagi Dojo back then. And then him getting held down and shaved of his mohawk. And then his comeback moment in the tournament where his cool girlfriend, Moon, I think her name was, comes up and like wishes him luck and kisses him. And he walks over to Daniel and he's like, I remembered who I am. Daniel goes, oh, who's that? And he goes, the guy who's going to win this whole fucking thing. And I was like, oh, that was so fucking nasty, dude. That's such a good line. I really hope he wins this now. And sure enough, he does. So the Hawk and Eli relationship, kind of like how they push each other back and forth, pick each other up. Eli, especially being a good friend to Hawk. That was some- Dimitri. Oh shit! Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dimitri, not Eli. I'm confusing their names. Eli Hawk's real name. Yeah, my yeah. bad. Dimitri, that's his fucking name. Dimitri does real well in the tournament. Dimitri's a good friend to Hawk. Uh, the character of Dimitri, though, to me personally, a little annoying. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be that annoying man, but he's funny as fuck. I kind of like him. I think he's funny. He's definitely a very uh. I think he's a very useful and, and pretty cool character to have around. Like, especially when you think about like how useless he was in the first season, like he was just bully fodder getting his ass kicked all the time, you know? And now it's like semifinalist of the tournament. He's doing some pretty impressive karate sequences. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's much cooler. And he's also, and he's banging the hottest chick at school. That too, he's got a really attractive girlfriend. He was, I, I guess the, I guess Dimitri just must have the biggest dick, and suddenly he realized that because he has the biggest dick, he's also must be good at karate. Inherently, he must be a black belt to hold back his big black dick. Yeah, dude, Dimitri, Eli slash Hawk. Yeah, sorry, I fucked up those names, but it is what it is. Uh, so predictions for next season, man. So this season leaves us with uh. Let's see. Tori wins for the girls, but she knows it's uh, a fake because Terry Silver paid off the ref. Uh, Hawk wins for the boys in Miyagi-Do. 
Very cool, very satisfying in my opinion. Miguel chooses not to fight and goes off to Mexico City to try to find his biological dad. His biological dad does not know that he exists, so I can't imagine that being a super great story. Um, Robbie, he's probably upset that he got defeated. You know, some kind of redemption training thing. I don't really know. Um, and, and John Kreese goes to jail. Terry Silver has him put in jail. And then the last one, uh, Daniel, uh, goes to Miyagi's graveside and he's like, you know, you can't make agreements with men who don't have honor. I'm going to make this right. And, uh, camera pans out and there stands his Japanese nemesis chosen uh, hanging out and it looks like they're going to be teaming up for season five so um, what do you th- what are you hoping for you have any like sp- specific predictions for season five what do you think man um, oh, this could be a wild thing can you imagine if Barnes was fucking Miguel's dad if Mike Barnes was Miguel's dad, that's a little crazy. I think Mike Barnes will get because involved, but maybe that's that. why. Maybe that's why Miguel's mom never told him about having a kid because he was this violent alcoholic that was living in Mexico that she got pregnant with, and she had to get away from him. Mike Barnes isn't Mexican, and he's actually a pretty clean-cut, even-headed dude from what we see of him in Karate Kid Three. He's Mexican, but he could have he could have moved to Mexico after his loss, and you know, because you saw how it fucked up everyone else when. Um, Daniel won the fucking um, championship. Look, fucking um, Crease went downhill, and then he turned into a homeless guy over a fucking karate tournament for under 18s. <laughs> right, what a fall from grace for Johnny's. <laughs> <laughs> same with Johnny. Same with fucking Silver. Mike Barnes being Miguel's happened. dad, dude, that's crazy. I don't think Mike Barnes will be it involved is, in the Miguel storyline at all. It's fucking crazy, but it could be a thing. It's a Leonard theory. Who the fuck is Leonard? Oh, Leonard. His name's not Leonard GB. anymore. His name's GB. GB. <laughs> Sorry, GB. Yeah. Um, I could see Mike Barnes coming see. in. I could I could see Terry Silver being like, all right, John Kreese is in jail. I need somebody else to help me open up this chain of dojos. Let me call it Mike Barnes again. But I think um Kreese is gonna get bashed a bit in jail. I think he's gonna or get he what? Could become, he's gonna get like bashed by like groups of dudes. Cause he's gonna he's someone's gonna give him grief. And Crease is going to fuck someone up. Got it. And then he's going to get jumped. Mm. I honestly don't think John Crease will be in jail very long. Like, I think uh, whatever Stingray told the cops when he woke up from his coma, like, I don't think it's going to hold up in court or he'll take back his testimony or whatever, drop the complaint, and John Crease will be released. But that still leaves John Crease and Terry Silver on opposite sides here. And since John Kreese showed, uh, you know, a soft spot for Johnny in this season and told Terry to fuck off when Terry probably could have, I don't know if killed him is the right word, but, you know, hurt him real badly. I could see John Kreese trying to come to terms with, uh, you know, defeating Terry Silver to try to get back his dojo. And uh, the way he could see himself doing that is by reuniting and making good with his... uh, you know, his Ill, illegitimate, that's not the right word. Uh, fuck, what's the, whatever. Adopted Making son? His, yeah, his his adopted son. I got, fuck, there's like a word. Sur- surrogate? Surrogate, that's the word. Perfect. Before he wants to make good with his surrogate son, Johnny, you know, and then he'll be like, all right, moving my son, surrogate son, again, perfect word. Johnny will help me get 
uh, even with Terry Silver. But Terry has a line uh, in this, uh, like as they're getting an, uh, him in the police squad car at the end of the of the episode. He's like, I have other friends that I could call, you know, to uh, to help me out if I need them. Daniel has a line in this season as well, where his wife, after she learns about Terry Silver, she's like, you got any other crazy ass karate weirdos that are going to come out of the woodwork to fuck you up? And he pauses. He's like, nah, act, mm, actually, maybe. And I, I really hope that those two moments are hints to calling in the, the karate champion Mike Barnes next season. Uh, Mike Barnes, dude. I want to watch Karate Kid 3. I haven't watched it in a minute. I've seen some highlight clips and some analysis on the characters and stuff like that. Mike Barnes, man, underappreciated character. Like, he's so business savvy. He's so level-headed. And, like, he, in all other circumstances, if Terry Silver wasn't telling him to, you know, gain a point, lose a point at the end of Karate Kid 3, he would have won the All-Valley very easily. He... He oh, is, God, yeah. He's going to kick the shit out of Daniel if he comes back next season. He's going to kick the shit out of him. Yeah. I reckon he's either like, like I said, that real fucking out there theory of fucking him being the girl's dad, or he's like a military man or ex military man himself. I could see him coming in, right? And like the draw in from Terry Silver is like the, the big talking or the, the big arrangement agreement in Karate Kid 3. He's like, you're going to set up all these Cobra Kai dojos in the Valley. I want 50% ownership stake, right? So I could see him being like, okay, you want me to come back and work Cobra Kai with you? You're going to open up these dojos. I want 50% stake. So Mike Barnes has a reason to come back. He's got that 50%. He's going to make some money off this. He's going to teach some shit. But like in the back of my mind, like similar to what we saw with Daniel earlier in the season, I bet you Mike Barnes has some kind of fucking trauma from dealing with this crazy ass coke fiend fucking mid eighties ponytail happen asshole from back in the day. Like I bet you Mike Barnes, because he lost no fault of his own. He lost because Terry silver asked him to do things. And Daniel overcame and scored the last point in overtime, whatever it was. He's going to come back and be like, dude, you fucked me, made an arrangement with me and fucked me out of all these things that I could have had. It was within my own reach. And you cost me all of that because you were trying to torture a 17-year-old a kid because you're a fucking psycho cokehead. And Mike Barnes will play nice for a minute to get his stake in Cobra Kai. And then he'll do exactly what Terry Silver did to John Kreese. He'll be like, fuck you, Terry. See you later. Whether that comes by way of like some kind of business fucking decision or he just straight up like kicks the shit out of him because... Again, I think Mike Barnes is like the most scary fighter in the Karate Kid world, you know, in terms of like people that we've seen. Either him or like Chosen with his fucking holding up knives to people. Yeah. I reckon he'll be, I want to see him and Terry have a fucking bout together. But so, I, just, I reckon like to fucking end it, like, yeah, have the kids all fight and everything. But I think to end it, they need to do like all Valley fucking, I don't know, previous champs fucking comp and just have like Johnny and fucking uh, Daniel and Terry and fucking Chris just go in there and just kick the fuck out of each other. Yeah. Tournament, tournament of power style. <laughs> I honestly don't <laughs> think we'll ever see that happen, but I mean, I kind of, I, we feel like we kind of get teases of it throughout the seasons. Like we, 
We get to see Johnny and Danny fight this season. We get to see Terry and fucking Johnny fight this season. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see Mike Barnes and Terry fight next season. We get to see John Kreese kick the shit out of like his uh, his fucking uh, landlord's nephews in the first season, I think, or second season rather. Like we get moments of that, like in between the actual tournament stuff. But my question now is, um, the agreement is for this season. You know, Cobra Kai wins. That means. Uh, Johnny and Danny can no longer have their dojos and and teach in the valley anymore. So, I imagine Chosen's coming in, and he's gonna be the new guy in charge for Miyagi Do Karate, whatever they end up calling it. I don't know if they still keep that name or if it's Miyagi something else. I don't know, but I bet you next season Daniel's gonna be playing second fiddle to Chosen in terms of like being the you know the actual sensei, and that's how they're kind of able to get around that little um, agreement they made with Cobra Kai in this season. I don't know if he'll be able to do that, Daniel. What, play second fiddle? Yeah. Cool, we get to see Daniel fucking deal with an interesting character arc instead of just being a rich, spoiled cunt. <laughs> yeah, man, he's oh, he's just a fucking douche. Gamby, for sure. Johnny Lawrence is way more likable than Daniel is. Even when I watch Ralph Macchio in interviews, like I watched a few interviews with him over the last week too, and I'm just like, you seem like such a stilted, like proper on purpose because you're worried people are going to learn something about you kind of person. Like something's going on with Ralph Macchio. He just has this facade, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. But man, I I just, I hope that like they actually give him some sort of character growth and it's like, stop trying to be like the argument. Like, like it's Miyagi said to me from the start, do things like your own way, your own style. You've got to discover yeah. your own shit. Yeah. And, and the thing that hold, that's held him back as a karate fucking fighter is that he's trying too much to live in someone else's shadow. So if he wants to grow as a character and as a martial artist in the fucking series, he needs to learn to do his own thing. And that might be combining shit like Eagle Fang, Cobra Kai, Miyagi Do, fucking something else together. Doing like the Bruce Lee and combining several different styles into your own. I think Daniel had a couple of moments this season where he kind of trends toward what you're saying. One of them is like, you know, he tries to be like real understanding and like a, a nice, compassionate parent to Anthony until, you know, he catches him with like an iPad hidden under his pillow or his blanket or whatever. And then he smashes it over his knee. And I'm like, that's a Johnny Lawrence move. Yeah. yeah. That's him borrowing a Johnny fucking moment in his parenting and just. I mean, I'm sure it came from a place of pres- of frustration, but at the same time, it's like he was just training with Johnny, climbing chains, walking coals earlier today. We'll smash a fucking iPad on a knee too. We got to drive a point home. We missed one good bit too. Fucking part of Dan- Daniel's training when they're watching the hockey. <laughs> oh, dude, the hockey fight was so <laughs> and Johnny, good. And Johnny sets him up so good, and he's like, "No, it's this guy here." He said. What the fuck? Where's he gone? Yeah. <laughs> and Johnny just fucks off and gets snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell were you, man? No be there. <laughs> the best, the best lesson Mr. Miyagi ever taught me. No be there. No be there? You mean don't be there? The man taught you karate. You couldn't even help him with his English. <laughs> so many good Johnny Lawrence lines this season, man. Such a good season. Oh, they wrote his character so good this season. Yo, actually, the last major plot line we didn't really hit on. So we know Miguel runs away on a bus to Mexico City to hopefully go find his dad. 
and it looks like Johnny's going to follow him. Uh, I don't know if this, I kind of have like a minor spoiler, maybe. Are you ready for it? Yep. I saw some Instagram photos uh, because I've been watching so many like Cobra Kai related things on uh, YouTube the last week. Uh, Somebody like took a bunch of Instagram photos from the actors' feeds, put them together in a reel, and it looks like Miguel goes to Mexico. Johnny subsequently follows him, but Robbie is also down there on location. So it looks like Robbie also follows Johnny to go get Miguel. So uh, I don't know. You have any ideas on how that shit could play out outside of Mike Barnes being his dad? Because that's not it, you wild motherfucker. <laughs> I think um, Silver's going to really groom Robbie this season. To the point where he runs away to Mexico City? Uh, I reckon that fucking Silver's probably giving him like a little reward for winning. Uh, for like, I don't know. I, I don't feel know. like Silver will be like, I'll kill you for not winning. Now you better run away and go follow your real dad to Mexico City to, to rescue his surrogate kid. Yeah, that or like, yeah, just trying to spoil him to keep him at the dojo because that's like he's only one good fighter on the men's because he's going to shower him with money and everything that he doesn't have like they did with when he was at prom and they're like well we got this nice car for the night better not let it go to waste I don't know man I could see actually him completely losing focus on Robbie and being like you lost you fucking loser you lost to that hawkless hawk kid and I got my pick at a million, you know, different great under 18 fighters. Yeah. I'm not sure, man. I, I didn't really see anything like too deep. It, I just saw like the end and that was it. But yeah, yeah I could see Johnny following him for sure. I think Johnny's going to follow him and Robbie's going to follow Johnny. I think, yeah, I think we're going to probably see Johnny and Miguel a lot in Mexico. And What's his name? Danny and shit dealing with silver and Reseda. Yeah, Chosen and Danny dealing with Terry Silver. Uh, that actor, uh, the kid who plays Miguel, I forget his last name. I know they, I know his first name is Jolo. Uh, he got cast to be Blue Beetle in the DC yeah, Extended Universe. So there's, you know, a, I don't know, like a thought that maybe he won't be super involved next season. Uh but yeah, although, too. although actually that's probably not right because like we talked about, they've already finished filming season five. If he were Maybe to take why. parts of or large chunks of a season off, it might be season six. I don't know. That's we'll probably see, why they double recorded. Maybe so it gives him yeah. a year to go fuck off and do what he needs to do, or two years pretty much, because yeah. he's got all the rest of this year now, and they'll drop that and then they'll need to start recording after that again or whatever. True. I don't know. I, I I don't know if we'll see a ton of, of Miguel next season. I, mean, I think a lot of it would be like Johnny looking for him. Um, it wouldn't bother me, to be honest. No, I like Miguel. I like Miguel as a character, but uh, yeah, you're right. He's kind of already served his purpose in, in terms of being the nice kid who turns bully, who becomes a champion in Cobra Kai and redeems what Cobra Kai is all about in that first season. Since then, it's been like, I like this girl. I like that girl. Although that moment where he fucks up his back in that semifinal, I, like I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" No, I didn't see that coming. And then I also didn't see coming that he was going to recover in like 15 minutes of the next episode. So, 
I don't know, man. Daniel to try to do the Miyagi fucking healing technique and I mean, rub the hands together. Exactly. It's a hundred percent. It's a callback to that scene, but instead of um, Miyagi coming in and giving him the rub in the palms and fixing it, Johnny comes in and he's like, all right, let's go do this. We need to win for us. And Miguel's like, us, oh, fuck that, bro. You want to win for you. I'm out of here. Goodbye. Miguel could have fought if he wanted. I but, think he's going to go join with fucking um, Miyagi, though, personally. He's in Mexico, man. No, but like if he was to come back, I think he'll go back to Miyagi, though. He because might. it's more in line with him. Him and Daniel have a really cool, interesting relationship too. Him teaching him to fix the car this season and all that. Teaching him to drive. Like, his daughter's boyfriend. Yeah. He wants to groom him to to make sure that his daughter will be looked after. And Actually, he's trying to groom her to fucking go to certain universities and shit. My favorite character relationship this season, I don't know how I didn't really like I, I really like the Amanda Tory relationship. I really like the the um Dimitri and Hawk relationship a lot. Dude. I absolutely love Johnny Lawrence and Samantha LaRusso's relationship. Yeah. Fuck they, yeah. They didn't give it enough time, in my opinion. I could have seen like a whole episode of those two bonded and training together, but like the little quiet moments where like Sam and Johnny look at each other and then Sam does a Johnny thing. I'm like, fuck yeah, LaRusso. Get that shit. Good for you, girl. I was I was loving her just telling her dad fucking have you ever thought that maybe his way is the right way and I want to train with him? And the, the look on Daniel's face is like, ah! yeah, man, the whole theme of doing it your own way and not having to follow fucking tradition just because, you know, family lineage or whatever. Yeah. Where I fucking love this season of Korobukai. I can't wait for next season. It's probably going to happen. I don't know. Some people think it could drop earlier. It'd be great if it does, but this whole, you know, dropping around New Year's Day, like just after Christmas, just before New Year's, that, that lazy week where people are kind of pieces of shit in between the holidays, like great week. You're hungover as fuck. So good, yeah, because you're hungover as fuck, and like you just want to stay home, eat leftovers, and not spend money. <laughs> oh, bro, we ate so much. Fuck, I cooked up too much food. Is there such a thing as too much food? Oh, it was like wake up, eat Christmas lunch. Fall asleep for a food coma, wake up again. Everyone's over at my house, eat again, drink piss, fall asleep, wake up, drink more, then stay up till about three in the morning, then go to bed, wake up on Boxing Day and fucking eat again. It just was like that vicious cycle for about four days. <laughs> I feel like I would enjoy Boxing Day if I was able to box Anthony Lapuso in his stupid fucking face. <laughs> Wapow! Like that. I'd rather punch that little blonde kid instead. Yeah, his friend Bobby or whatever. Well, uh, he looks like Bobby, Johnny's friend from the OG Karate Kid. I don't actually know his name, but yeah. No, that kid is not only annoying, he's also very ugly. And I can say that as an ugly person. <laughs> he's just a little shit too. Dude, I hope he gets hit by a bus next season. Oh, man. I was so good. Like, see, uh, I thought it was funny and like everything how Lapusso blames fucking Kenny for everything. And then fucking gets caught out in the principal's office. Yeah. It's like, actually, no, your kid's the dickhead. Like, yeah. If, like, Daniel I, did, still did fuck all about it. And he's the one that got bullied as a kid and shit by Johnny and all that. Like I yeah, said, though, fuck all of it. Danny was a little bit of a bully when he was a kid. Oh, he yeah. was just the new kid. Like, I want to see like the prequel to Karate Kid 1 where he's just a dickhead kid in New Jersey before he moves to LA. 
I bet you he was a jerk off, bro. He only became oh, nice definitely. because the only person who would be his fucking friend was like a 70-year-old Japanese man who fucking did maintenance down the corner or whatever. You know what I mean? Fuck Daniel LaRusso, especially young Daniel LaRusso. Current day Daniel LaRusso, you know what? I'll go, I'll go ahead and say it. Fuck him too. Rich-ass motherfucking car lot owning piece of shit. I don't give a fuck how much wealth you got in these current days. It doesn't give you some kind of permission slip to not raise your fucking kids appropriately. Dick. I love the counselor. Uh, his fucking cousin's sister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mar- Marissa Tomei Jr. or whatever. Yeah, so wouldn't she just be his cousin as well? I don't know She's, why they said, "Oh, my cousin." No, no, no. It's, it's his. It's his cousin. It's like his girlfriend or something. Like his fiance. Like it's a girl he's dating. I think. You sure. I think so. And they call her to Marissa Tomei Jr. But she's also somebody in like she's somebody related to somebody. Uh, damn, she might be related to Joe Pesci, maybe. Um, but yeah, that was fucking hilarious. That scene where she. No, I'm looking at Julia Macchio. It's 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 Ralph Macchio's daughter who plays that role, actually. And that's why they, oh, they make the joke about Marissa Tomei Jr. Because Ralph Macchio was in uh, My Cousin Vinny with her and Joe Pesci. So, yeah, that girl is Ralph Macchio's daughter. Ralph Macchio is 60 years old, by the way. Look, a very good-looking 60 years old. Yeah. yeah. A dickhead, but... <laughs> well, I mean, Daniel LaRusso himself is kind of a dickhead, but yeah, Ralph Macchio's got that weird, like, I'm trying not to let you know everything about me energy, and I'm like, what's up? What are you hiding? I don't like it. I think the last thing I saw him in was Entourage. Ooh, I don't, I haven't watched Entourage since it aired, bro. I don't remember him being in Entourage. Yeah, it was when um, the fucking episode when they were going into the Playboy Mansion, and... um Johnny Drama goes up to me and goes, oh, come on, you know, you don't want to go to the mansion. You more just call Hef and tell him that it was you that fucking let the monkeys out. Oh, yo, I kind of do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ralph Macchio's a dick, dude, I'm telling you. Maybe that's why I don't trust Ralph Macchio. Before we made a comeback with Cobra Kai, I watched that storyline and I was like, yeah, he is kind of a weird looking guy. <laughs> he would release the monkeys. Uh, uh, so- Fully sure that did it in the end. Yeah, I actually like I love Polly Shore a lot lately. Yeah, I love these old movie fucking what was it called? The one where he's on the farm. Uh, son in son-in-law. law. Yeah. Here's the thing, bro. I have a weird relationship with Polly Shore in that I've never watched any of his old movies. The closest thing to an old Polly Shore movie that I've watched is a goof troop movie because he voices PJ's friend and the leaning tower of cheese. Like that's the most Polly Shore shit I was exposed to when I was a kid. And I guess like maybe some MTV shorts by accident because I was left alone with the remote control and a cable box a lot. So I never watched that shit, but like I learned a lot about him and his place in comedy history and who his mom and dad are and uh, like how much they've done for the stand up. Uh, Misty, Mitzi Shore was his mom. She owns the comedy store or owned the comedy store in Los Angeles. Like, everyone's gone through there you know richard pryor fucking mark Marin's my dude my podcast godfather he he works there all the time uh a million and one big ass comics uh i've gone through there and i'm like oh Polly shore grew up in the midst of this this is crazy and like i fell out on the Polly shore rabbit hole real bad and i'm like yo i have a whole idea for Polly shore to make a tv show and like i would go pitch it to him tomorrow if given the opportunity but yeah. Play Paul Shaw in his TV show? Yeah, no, it would be like a, a slightly um, 
exaggerated version of himself, yeah, and like his life and what he does. Slightly exaggerated, fictionalized version. I'm curious to see what the new Nick Cage movie is going to be like with him playing himself. I don't know what that is. It's a Nicolas Cage movie of him playing Nicolas Cage. I could fuck with it. It, it sounds pretty fucking funny to be Nicholas, sure. Actually, this is how we'll wrap it up. Uh, little known fact about um, me. I guess it's a known fact about Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage actually used to own a home in my home state in Rhode Island. I believe it was his summer home. Uh, it was in Portsmouth. I believe just on the line of Middletown, Rhode Island. And uh, I, when I was like 20, I got uh, recruited by my friend Samantha to sing for some like apart, anti-apartheid uh, demonstration that we're going to do at the Rhode Island State House. So it was like me, her, my friend Claire, who actually, uh, rest in peace, Claire. She, uh, it was her, my friend Tim. And we sang this thing in front of the fucking state house. And I like had hand drums and we sang African chants. Some real, real, real white people shit. But the lady that uh, put it all together, she lived in this very, very rich person neighborhood. And she lived uh, like five houses down from Nicolas Cage's house. The house where allegedly, I don't know if this is true or not, but allegedly he had the skull of like a Tyrannosaurus Rex in his house. That's where he kept it in that house. Just down the street from where I was practicing this weird ass apartheid African songs. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Now you guys know you've learned so much about me. Reese, any closing thoughts from you, my friend? Bring on Cobra Kai season five. Because Cobra Kai never dies. God damn right. But na 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 Cobra Kai said they never die. Unless I go with like, always the best, as you're always a man, and a man's gotta learn to take care. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's gotta learn to take it. Try to believe that when the going gets rough, yeah, you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you'll succeed. Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dreams. You're the best, I'm real. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down, you're the best, I'm real. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down, you're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Fight till the end, cause your life will depend on the strength that you have inside you. Ah, you gotta be proud, staring out in the cloud when the odds in the game defy you. Try your best to win them all, and one day time will tell. When you're the one that's standing there, you'll reach the final bill. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Fight till you drop. Never stop. Can't give up until you reach the top. Oi! You're the best in town. Oi! Listen to that sound. A little bit of all you got could never bring you down. You're the best around. 
Nothing's gonna ever keep you down You're the best around Nothing's gonna ever keep you down You're the best around Nothing's gonna ever keep you down There's no fear in this dojo I'm a black belt I don't know how that probably went. All right, goodbye.